Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be predicting the title run, and we're going to be looking at both Arsenal and Manchester City's remaining fixtures and we're going to try and come to some sort of conclusion as to how we think this is going to go. It is the international break, so I've probably been overthinking this maybe more than I should have uh, over the last sort of few days, but I guess that's what happens when there isn't really any action to get your teeth stuck into. The Gunners, of course, return back to Premier League football next weekend uh, where they take on Leeds United. Every game is huge and no game really matters unless you win the one uh, in front of you first, but we're going to try and make sense of how the remainder of this campaign might go for the Gunners, but we're also going to have a look at where Manchester City could potentially drop points and could potentially um, allow us to go on and win the Premier League title. I say allow us to go on and win the Premier League title. I mean, we're there on merit. We're not there because this Manchester City side are bad. We're there because we've been fantastic all season and we deserve to be in the conversation. Before we dive into it, if I could just ask you guys, if you're watching us on YouTube, to leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel. You know the drill by now. Leave your thoughts in the comments section below if you're watching this back on replay. But if you're listening via the audio platforms, well, then please do leave us a review. That really does help too. And uh, we'll continue uh, on our quest to get higher and higher in the podcast charts, but also deliver you guys uh, top quality Arsenal content on a regular basis. Without further ado then, let's get into it. Let's uh, talk Arsenal's remaining Premier League fixtures. The Gunners, of course, take on, as I mentioned, Leeds United next week. Uh, that will be followed by trips to Liverpool and West Ham United before we return to the Emirates to play Southampton. Now, on my notes, on my page in front of me, I've highlighted the Southampton game at home as a, a real key one. And, and the reason for that is because Manchester City, they take on Liverpool next weekend at home. That is a game that they could drop points in, okay? I'm not saying that Liverpool are definitely going to go to the Etihad and win or get anything for that matter. Liverpool have been very, very hit and miss this season. It's very difficult to know which Liverpool you're going to get turned up. But that is a fixture in which Manchester City could potentially drop points. So I think that's important. Um, Manchester City also travelled to Southampton, which on paper is a very, very winnable game. Uh, but of course, Southampton have shown signs of life under Ruben Seles and, uh, and will be desperate for the points themselves. They do then, after that, play Leicester City. But sandwiched in between the Southampton uh, games... Uh, and then uh, after the Leicester game, but before the FA Cup semi-final, is those two uh, games against Bayern. Now, significantly, this week, Bayern Munich uh, fired Julian Nagelsmann, who has done a good job overall, I would say, at Bayern Munich. You know, I know they're not top of the Bundesliga at the moment, and that might have been the reason as to why he was allowed to move on. There's been lots of noise coming out of Bayern, you know, is it... Uh, because of inconsistency around performances, etc., etc. I don't really know. You know, I, I would be lying if I said to you that I followed Bayern very, very closely and, and really understood the ins and outs of this. But what I can say is that in appointing Thomas Tuchel, I think, even though he won't have much time to get his ideas across, I think that all of a sudden becomes a much more difficult tie for Manchester City and it could potentially take more out of them either side of those Premier League games. Now, so let me just be clear. City's schedule then reads like this. Liverpool at home, 
Southampton away. Then they play Bayern at home. Then they play Leicester at home. And then they play Bayern away before that FA Cup semi-final against Sheffield United. Now, I expect them to win that as well. Uh, Sheffield United have done fantastic in the competition, are on course uh, to make it back to the Premier League. But, um, you know, I do expect City to win that game. But the reason I've kind of highlighted that week, so Arsenal play Southampton at home and City play Sheffield United in that cup game. Now, that is a key week if Arsenal can maintain the lead they currently have up until that point because the Gunners, obviously in Premier League action, could potentially extend that lead further. We could extend that lead even further than where we're currently at. Now, Manchester City, who obviously have a game in hand now, uh, would have another game in hand. Uh, but, you know, games in hand, unless you win them, mean very, very little. So psychologically, that gap could get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that is why I've highlighted that week as key. But then, of course, after that, Arsenal travel to Manchester City, an opportunity for them to deal us a psychological blow even if we have that extended lead because of uh, the lack of games uh, for Manchester City because of the fact that we'd be what a couple of games ahead at that point um, you know they have the opportunity to deal us a psychological blow and that is obviously a huge huge game after that in terms of difficult fixtures that Manchester City have remaining you would look at Fulham away as a tough one although you would argue that maybe Fulham have just fallen off a little bit at uh, Leeds United at home they're a team that can always score goals um, they will be desperate for points as well given how things are going uh, they take on Everton at home Chelsea at home is a potentially difficult fixture for them and then on the final day they go to Brentford who hopefully will be in the mix for a European position potentially um, and that might make it tough for them but the key thing here is that Arsenal have an opportunity to really pile the pressure on City if the Gunners can win their games and if the Gunners can continue putting points on the board. Because as mentioned, there are games in the Premier League that Manchester City have to play at home to West Ham and away to Brighton and Hove Albion, which currently there is no space in the schedule for. Those games have yet to be uh, confirmed in terms of when they're going to take place. So if you're Manchester City, yeah, you'll look at it and think, I've got games in hand. But you'll also think, well, if Arsenal have gone and done their bit prior to that, then that puts immense pressure on us to go and win those games in hand. And even if we do win them, it might not be enough. And that can really impact the psyche of a team, I think. Add to that that after Leeds at home, they'll play the Champions League semi-final first leg, if, of course, they progress that far. Once they meet Everton at home after that, they then have another Champions League semi-final sandwiched in between that game against the Toffees and the visit of Chelsea. So City's schedule is looking really, really hectic. Now, although it looks hectic, I would argue that ours on paper, having done my homework, looks harder. It looks much, much harder in terms of the individual Premier League fixtures. Yes, we don't have as much to contend with. Yes, we won't have that pile-up that Manchester City do because, obviously, we're only competing on the one front now. But games away to City, as we've mentioned, at home to Chelsea, that could be potentially difficult. The Newcastle fixture away at St. James's Park, that's been moved uh, to Sunday, uh, May the 7th. A lot of people outraged by that. A lot of people looked at that one and gone, oh my God, why have they moved it to a Sunday? I mean, if I'm being completely honest with you, I expected it to be 
uh, on the Sunday anyway. We were looking at the fixtures, seeing it on the Saturday, but that was ahead of the TV companies making their selection. So I always believed and always felt that that one was going to be moved uh, over to uh, the Sunday. So I'm not massively surprised by that. But then after that, the Gunners take on Brighton at home. What will they be in the mix for? Could they be pushing for a top four place? Depends how their games in hand go. Could they be pushing for a European place? Which in the grand scheme of things for a club like Brighton would be absolutely huge. They will have plenty to play for. And our final two fixtures see us take on Nottingham Forest and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, the Forest game is, of course, away. Uh, that won't be easy. Again, another team in the relegation mix or, or in danger of being uh, right in it come the end of the season. And, of course, Wolverhampton Wanderers. It would almost suit us, wouldn't it, if those two teams in the coming weeks were able to pick up points and pull away from that precarious position, therefore putting less weight on the fixtures that they have against us. So, as I say, looking at it, on paper, Manchester City have the easier Premier League fixtures remaining. But at the same time, um, at the same time, you know, they, they've got a, a, a heavy schedule, a hectic schedule, and they are the ones chasing. They are the ones relying on us to drop points. So it is very much in Arsenal's hands. And there is reason to feel confident given how Arsenal have performed so far this season. But somebody was asking me the question the other day, in terms of a percentage, how likely do I make it that Arsenal go on and win the Premier League? And I think it is very much 50-50. I don't think it's as weighted in Arsenal's favour as some would have you believe, as the bookmakers would have you believe at this moment in time because of those fixtures. Um, so, yeah, you, you kind of need things to, to fall in line. You need things to fall into place in the right times. On the one hand, we've got Gabriel Jesus back, which is obviously a big boost for us, uh, a really important player that we've managed to get by without, uh, but now have back. At the same time, though, we've lost... Tomiyasu to an injury we don't know at the time of recording uh, how long William Saliba is going to be back for there's a part of me that hopes that this is Arsenal playing mind games that um, he will be okay after the international break but we don't know that and so I can't help but feel a little bit apprehensive and a little bit concerned a little bit nervous as I say some will say it's me being negative others will say I'm just protecting myself from the disappointment but I really do make this 50-50 in terms of the title race at the moment because of Manchester City's easier fixtures in terms of the Premier League, because of their greater strength and depth, because of their know-how, because of their experience in this situation. But at the same time, I sat here last week and said, it's about time we trusted this Arsenal side. It's about time we looked at how they've performed so far this season and begin to give them the credit and begin to therefore uh, have the belief in them that we probably should, given on what results have looked so far this season. But there's just... There's a number of games that I've starred on this list of Arsenal's fixtures that concern me, okay? And, you know, that's not to say that we're not going to have trouble in any of the other games around those because the Premier League is that, you know, you, you can turn up against an opponent that you fancy to beat and you can struggle. It's the very nature of the beast. But Liverpool away, Man City away, Chelsea at home, Newcastle away are the four games that I look at for Arsenal and think, my God, these are the tests. And, you know, Liverpool away, in a sense, could be cancelled out if Liverpool were able to get something at Manchester City. And what I mean by that is if Liverpool were to beat us at Anfield, but could take points off of Manchester City, um, which is the game that takes place first out of those two, 
Uh, that would at the very least give us a little bit of leeway and a bit of a cushion. And even if they did close the gap Manchester City on us after our trip to Anfield, hopefully they won't have closed it as much as they could have. Can't believe I'm sitting here saying I want Liverpool to win a football match, but I really, really do. Um, so that's obviously uh, one of them. You know, West Ham away, never an easy fixture, never a game that I look at and go, that's a guaranteed three points. But given the way they've performed and played this season, you know, you have to believe, you have to trust in Arsenal to be able to go out and get that one done. Um, you know, games like Southampton at home, games like Brighton at home, Wolves at home, Forest away, whatever you think about those teams and, and whatever you think um, about how difficult those fixtures might be because of what's at stake for those respective clubs going into those weeks. They are games that if you want to win the Premier League title, you simply have to be winning. You simply have to be coming out on top in. And, you know, the mood around Arsenal is great. It's really, really positive. I'm hoping that although we've got the more difficult fixtures, the fact that we will be games ahead um, will apply further pressure on Manchester City, who still need to have a couple of their games scheduled. You know, you hope that the Champions League will be a distraction for them, given that uh, obviously it's a competition they are absolutely desperate to win. Pep Guardiola on an individual level is desperate to win it with another club. You would hope that all of those things play in and, and give us that bit of an advantage. But the more I think about it, the more I look into it, the more I try and break it down, the more I think that, you know, this is very much 50-50. And it is not, Arsenal on their way to winning the Premier League at this point and barring a disaster that is going to happen and it's a foregone conclusion and people should be getting their flags out and scarves out no this is very much a two-horse race it's very much split 50-50 in my personal opinion and I'm interested to know um, how you guys see it in the live chat in the comments let me know in terms of a percentage how highly do you rate Arsenal's chances of going on and being crowned Premier League champions between now and the end of the season. There's a lot of things that you can't possibly factor in at this point. So we talked about injuries. You don't know what's going to happen between now and the end of the season. Um, you know, 10 games to go. We're at a really critical and key point and you don't want to be without crucial players. Uh, equally, you know, we've seen the standard of refereeing in this division has been uh, nothing short of embarrassing. So there's a, a fear that you go into every game um, not knowing what you're going to get in that sense as well. And that makes me nervous. You know, that makes me uncomfortable. Think back to the Brentford game, for example. I'm not saying that, you know, you, you're going to look at that and use it as an excuse, but it, it's another factor that plays into me not feeling um, anywhere close to 100% confident that Arsenal are going to go on and win this title. It's not me being negative. It's not me being pessimistic. It's me being realistic about how I actually read Arsenal's chances. And believe me, after all the shit I took for not wanting Unai Emery as boss, and after all the shit I took for defending Mikel Arteta when, um, you know, maybe other people were adamant that he needed to move on. And it's not about saying I told you so. But what I'm trying to highlight here is that there's very few people out there that want Mikel Arteta um, to... <laughs> to go on and win this Premier League title and, and silence the critics more than I do. Believe me, believe me, I, I'm desperate for him to go on and achieve this. I'm desperate for this young group to go on and achieve it. Now, if Arsenal missed out on the Premier League title this year, I have enough faith in the process, in Mikel Arteta, in the job he's done and in the attitude of this group of boys to be able to bounce back and, and go again next season and compete again next season. But I think it will be harder 
because I think Manchester United will be further along the line. I think that Chelsea will eventually come good, whether that be with Graham Potter or somebody else. I think that Liverpool are going to be back or better, stronger than they are currently. So I think this is a really glorious opportunity for Arsenal to go on and achieve it. And what a springboard it could be, you know, for this young side and for this young manager. If Arsenal were to go on and win the Premier League this season, it would be amazing. But the biggest plus point about it and the biggest positive about it would be that for me, it would feel like only the beginning, only the start of where this team can go, of how this project can develop. Mikel Arteta said that this project was going to go boom at some point. I think it's already gone boom in terms of Arsenal elevating themselves as a football club into a level that nobody thought they could be at going into the campaign. But my word, if they were to be crowned Premier League champions, that could act as the springboard for them to go on and compete right at the top end of the Premier League for seasons to come and then in the Champions League as well, which is... Yeah, that's what I dream of as an Arsenal fan, to see the Gunners go on and win the Champions League. Um, so, yeah, let's see. Let's take some of you guys' thoughts and questions uh, on the subject. I have put a poll in the live chat. Are Arsenal going to be crowned Premier League champions this season? And judging by the results so far, you guys are a lot more confident than me because 83% of you say yes, Arsenal are going to go on and be crowned Premier League champions at the end of the 22-23 season. Um, let's check out what you guys are saying in the chat. Graham says City staying in the Champions League is vital for us. They want that more. He goes on to say, yep, we have some tough games, but we want to be champions, don't we? This team can win these games now. He then goes on to highlight Liverpool away as being the real, real test. Uh, Robert says far tougher games for us. Most teams will be fighting for important finishes. We desperately need our big players to stay fit because City have two full squads absolutely uh, Steve says I'm still just enjoying the ride I think Mikel Arteta's attitude is this sensible approach with one game at a time time will tell if we manage to be champions at the season's end I think Mikel Arteta as you say is absolutely right to be really drumming home that message you know one game at a time one week at a time completely agree with that I think it's absolutely spot on and up until this point um, I've been very much like that as well in that I haven't really looked too far ahead in terms of the fixtures. I haven't wanted to get sucked into doing exactly what I'm doing on this podcast. But it's the international break. And as I say, um, I've probably been overthinking this, you know, and, and sort of analysing it and going through it all with a fine tooth comb. I thought about titling this show the one in which Harry overthinks the title race. The reason I couldn't do it is because for algorithm purposes on YouTube, it would basically flatline. But um, you know where I'm coming from. Um, it's certainly something that, um, you know, I, I acknowledge has probably happened over the course of this past week where Arsenal haven't been in action and there hasn't been any build up to a Premier League game. And I'm probably going to overthink a lot more other things uh, between now and the Premier League returning. But I, I did want to have a look. I think with 10 games to go is a good point to just really take stock of where we are. And try and uh, and try and make some sort of prediction. Uh, what else have we got? Big hello uh, to Tamina Ahmed, who says, "Any Arsenal transfer news, please, Harry." I think at this point, um, transfer news is a little bit meaningless. I, I mean, I don't think that. Mo I don't think there are really. 
I don't think there's a lot of truth in some of the stories that are going around. You know, maybe they're built on on previous knowledge. Some of them are regurgitations, um, you know, of stories that we've seen going around before. I just think right now that when you're in the midst of a title race, as a football club anyway, you cannot afford to be sucked in uh, to transfer news. We will bring you an update a little bit later on based on a report from Mark Irwin of The Sun with regards to some players that might be leaving the football club. But in terms of incomings, I, I, you know, Edu always talks about the plan, that they have all of this stuff mapped out, that they know where they're going with it. But for me, I just I don't want to focus on transfer news right now. I want to focus on the task in hand. Um, PJ Kitely says, 50-50, think back to the start of the season, Harry. You would have given your firstborn. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh, Snipe.genius says, Arsenal have a 55% chance. He says that points gap will play a major factor. When they play FA Cup games, then come off the back of that into league games where they have to play. So he believes that City also uh, falling behind in terms of their fixtures could be a problem uh, for them. Um, PJ Kitely says, uh, if we win it, we'll give lots of other clubs a dream to believe in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Odredek says, who is the only player you wouldn't want to lose? In these last 10 games. I mean, I certainly don't want to lose any of the centre-backs. And that's why I'm sweating over the fitness of Gabriel. Uh, not Gabriel. Of William Saliba, I beg your pardon. I'm I'm honestly so concerned about that. I'm praying. Um, I am absolutely praying that, you know, William Saliba does get over this issue quickly. Sooner rather than later. Um, you know, Leeds United at home. You don't want to go into that game without Saliba, but if you had to, you know, choose whether you kind of risk him for that, but know that he'll be back for Liverpool, then I think that's one of the games maybe you could potentially get away, um, get away with it. But, you know, obviously the centre-backs, but for me, the big one is Thomas Partey. I've said it throughout the duration of the season, pre-Jorginho, post the signing of Jorginho. I just think that without Thomas Partey, Arsenal are a significantly worse side and um, and we can ill afford to lose him. It's been really, really interesting kind of keeping tabs on him on international duty. He played 90 minutes for Ghana the other day in their 1-0 win over Angola and he received widespread praise for his performance. I think looking at Sofa score, uh, he got an 8.7 out of 10 rating, which is really, really high by their standards. Um, lots of Ghana supporters telling me that he was outstanding on the day. And often, if you speak to Ghanaians who follow the national team quite closely, they'll tell you that they can't understand why Thomas Partey performs one way for the for the Arsenal, but just cannot replicate that on the international stage. And so I think that would have been a pleasant surprise for those uh, Ghanaian fans to see Thomas Partey rock up and perform well. But look... I'm going to be sweating over his fitness. I'm going to be concerned over his fitness. Really, really interesting as well that Arsenal sent out a member of the medical team to uh, keep tabs on Thomas Partey, I guess to look after him and to make sure that he's being looked after in the right way and, and to be able to report back to Arsenal. Mikel Arteta did say uh, that he was, uh, or his team were in really close contact with the medical teams of the respective nations that our players have gone out to represent throughout the duration of this break. So yeah, it's going to be um it's going to be another nervy week or so before we know that everybody's come back and is is good and is is feeling well 
um, and is, is ready to go for one final push. No more international breaks. No more messing about. Ten games left for the Arsenal. Ten cup finals. There is no distraction. There is no Europa League. There is no cup. It is literally ten games away from going on and um, and achieving. As I keep on saying, what was unthinkable, in my opinion, anyway, uh, anyway sorry, at the start of the season. Um... What else have we got? The other thing as well, the other thing that, that people need to look at and, and the other thing that I kind of, when I was doing this and sort of breaking it down and, and running through the fixtures, the thing that you kind of need to keep reminding yourself is, yes, we've got City away, right? That is the fixture that people will bill as the one, you know, the, the big one. As it stands right now, and based on the fact that they're not going to be able to make up any games, in fact, the chances are they might be even further behind by the time um, we play them, you know, th 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 there's a good chance that we g we we go into that game and and all we need to do is avoid defeat. You know, that's all we need to do anyway. Even if the gap was closed back to five points, we don't need to beat City. We just need to not lose, and so that should give you more comfort and more confidence. But of course, it's easier said than done. You're going to feel that nervousness. Um, you know, they will have their fans behind them, although. The atmosphere at the Etihad, not normally anything to shout about. It might be better given the circumstances around this game, I'm sure. But yeah, um, it's going to be really, really interesting. But Arsenal don't need to be better than Man City in this remaining 10 fixtures. We just need to not be five points worse off. It's essentially um, how you got to look at this and, and is essentially how uh, we've got to frame it up. If we do drop points in a game, we've got to make sure we don't panic. We've got to make sure that we get back on track and that we understand, um, you know, that we've earned this advantage. And so if we need to tap into it and we need to use it between now and the end of the season, because we are going to drop points somewhere, then that's okay. We've earned the right to be able to drop a few points and still be top of the pile. Oh man, just as, uh, as, as Robert says in the chat, bloody hell, Harry, this chat is making the butterflies go. Uh, the reality at what's at stake. It's mad, isn't it? It's crazy. It really, really is. The more I talk about it, the more I'm nervous about it. And the reason I wanted to do an episode on it was because I've just been sitting there um, on my own, like overthinking this um, over the past few days. I've been thinking about this because I sat down and looked at the fixtures. I think it was either on Tuesday or Wednesday that I sat down and made my notes for this episode. And I was actually going to do this episode earlier in the week. And then the Mesut Ozil stuff came out and a load of you had sent in some questions. And I thought, you know what? Let's park this episode. We'll do it at the weekend uh, when I can kind of think over it a little bit longer and, and sort of process it that little bit more. And, and here we are. So to kind of summarise where we're at on that, and then I'll bring you a couple of other bits of, uh, of Arsenal news uh, before we wrap up. The games that I've highlighted on my list of Arsenal fixtures, Liverpool away, Manchester City away, Chelsea at home, Newcastle at home, they are the ones that feel like we could potentially drop points. Um, obviously, there are others in and around that that I'm absolutely not taking for granted as guaranteed victories because of where some of those clubs are at and because of the nature of the Premier League in itself. The key week for me, uh, looking uh, slightly ahead, sort of four games down the line, Arsenal, of course, at home to uh, Southampton, Whereas Manchester City play in the FA Cup semi-final against Sheffield United. Not saying they're going to lose that. I actually think they could play a second string and quite easily get through that. 
But it could be a key week in that if Arsenal can maintain their lead and their advantage up until that point, the Gunners have an opportunity to pull away even further from Manchester City, who, as I say, will have that game in hand, an additional game in hand, but uh, will be under immense pressure to go on and win that. And then if they do progress in the Champions League, they, of course, play Bayern uh, at home in between Southampton and Leicester. And then in between Leicester and that FA Cup semi-final I've just mentioned, they play Bayern away. If they get through that, they've got two Champions League semi-finals that need to be slotted in and they will be slotted in in between Leeds and Everton and in between Everton and Chelsea. So that will be a really hectic and difficult period uh, for Pep Guardiola's side, who I think a lot of people feel would, when push come to shove, prioritise uh, the Champions League over the Premier League. Why? Because they've not achieved that yet. That would be the crown, uh, the, the, the sort of the crown jewel for, for Pep Guardiola and for Manchester City as a football club who have embarked on this project, who have spent tons of money, etc., uh, etc. Et we've, we've been through that before, but are yet to conquer Europe. They've conquered the Premier League. They've dominated English football, in fact, for a number of years now. But can they go on and do it on the European scene? Ah, the nerves, the nerves, the nerves. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of um, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I guess in terms of another negative that I'd maybe throw into the equation when it comes to Arsenal, look, I don't want Tottenham to finish in the top four. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to see them crumble and fail. And, and, you know, we keep talking about Antonio Conte and how people were adamant that Antonio Conte was going to be the saviour at Spurs and was going to take them up to another level and, and that Mikel Arteta was a bum. I heard people say, using that phrase, you know, and now one of them is challenging for the Premier League title in a season where he really has no right to do so, whilst the other one um, is bad-mouthing the club and has somehow managed to hold on to his job. It just goes to show you that, you know, at Tottenham, things are really, really bad in terms of um, in terms of the fact that it's just rotten to the core, isn't it? I mean, if Antonio Conte spoke about my football club like that, I'd want him out. I'd want him out the door. Um, but Daniel Levy is probably reluctant for two reasons. The the first one of those being the payout. You know, if you believe some reports, it looks like they would have to pay him the entirety um, of the £15 million pounds he's earning a year if they were to let him go early, um, which is not something that Daniel Levy would want to um, want to swallow. Uh, Julian Nagelsmann is available at the moment. Could he be the man they turn to? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But the, the, the negative that I was coming to before I went off on a tangent slagging off Spurs, which is just my natural default position, um, Liverpool and Newcastle are both in the Champions League hunt. They were anyway. Brighton too, I guess. But even more so with what's going on at Tottenham, they will feel like they need or they have a, an even bigger opportunity to go on and and succeed there and and obviously we play both of those two sides Manchester City only play uh, one of them of course City do face Brighton but we don't know when that fixture is going to be played just yet they do face West Ham United as well who uh, again um, you know are in desperate need of points but for a very different reason but again there's those two games where are they going to be put in that's the really interesting thing here and the timing could really benefit Arsenal um, although as I say there are teams that we face that will be playing for a lot and that's my slight concern and slight worry I guess uh, sort of moving into the last few weeks 
Beg your pardon. Um, anyone got any questions, any thoughts, anything that you want to throw out there, anything that you want us to discuss before uh, we start moving towards uh, wrapping up the podcast? I did want to share a couple of other bits with you. I wanted to talk uh, Zinchenko, who gave a really fascinating interview. I think it was to the mail. Check it out if you haven't read it already. I think he uh, speaks really, really well about a number of subjects. He talks a lot about uh, Mikel Arteta, his relationship with him, the fact that if he was ever going to leave Manchester City for another uh, Premier League club, it would only be for Mikel Arteta, uh, which again highlights how important the Spaniard was in bringing uh, the Ukrainian to Emirates Stadium. And uh, another interesting report uh, from Mark Irwin of The Sun, who says that Arsenal were looking to sell up to seven players this summer. Uh, Nicolas Pepe, our club record signing, being one of them. Uh, the others on the list, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Albert Sambi Laconga, Nuno Tavares, who's former at Manchester, uh, nearly said Manchester City, at Marseille has really, really dipped recently. Uh, Alex Runison, Cedric Suarez, and Pablo Marie, who uh, has something in his contract that would see him move to Monza if they stay in Serie A on a permanent basis, and I think they will. Uh, so that one is not really one we need to worry about. But look, I've seen people on social media over the last sort of 24 hours breaking down how much they think Arsenal could potentially earn from these players. If we got 30 million for that entire group of players, I think we'd be lucky, genuinely. Like, their stock has fallen so much. Nicolas Pepe, right? There'll be clubs in France, I think, that would be interested in taking him on. I think Nice, where he's currently at, would be interested in taking him on, but not at a cost, not at a big cost to them. Uh, you look at Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Has he pulled up trees? I don't think so. Uh, Sambi Laconga. Um, Going to be interesting to see how he fares now under Roy Hodgson. Patrick Vieira, obviously instrumental in bringing him into the club, but obviously isn't there now. So how's that going to pan out? How's that going to look? Um, what's that going to do to his stock? Nuno Tavares, much like his career at Arsenal, started really positively, but has um, shown himself to be unreliable and uh, and has has been the subject of frustration from those who follow Marseille. Alex Renison, I don't think his stock was ever anything to shout about. Cedric Suarez, uh, another one. And obviously I've mentioned the Pablo Marie situation. So uh, interesting to see that um, it feels like Arsenal are preparing for a, another mass exodus in the summer. Um, but if you think we're going to get a lot of money in for these players, which is basically the point I'm trying to get to here, then think again, um, because I, I just don't see it. I really don't. Uh, let's take a couple of your thoughts, a couple of your questions. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. There was a good one from, who was it? Uh, let me try and find it one second. Oh, here we go from Afsar. Harry, should Arsenal play for a draw with five defenders at the back and fight for a draw uh, at City and Anfield? I don't really think so, man. I just, I just... I don't think Arsenal are that type of team. Um, you know, I, I think that we've, I think that we've shown ourselves to be a, a very attack-minded team, um, a side that play in a very specific way, and I just think that if we deviate too far from that, we're going to struggle. I, I I just don't really see um, how we can almost abandon our model a model that has worked so so well for the team um 
you know, throughout the duration of the season for specific one-off games. I think there will be circumstances in those games that will allow us to, or, or will justify us maybe switching, as you say, to a back five at, in a certain game state. You know, you get to the last 10 minutes, it's nil-nil, why not? Um, you know, I think there will be game states that say or dictate or or or, or give us reason to want to be that little bit more conservative. Because as I mentioned earlier, then it's not about us winning these games necessarily, particularly the one against City. It's about us going out there and um, and making sure that we don't have our advantage cut. So I understand where you're coming from, but I just think it's really, really risky to go, oh, well, you know what? Um, let's abandon all the things that we've done brilliantly over the years and in or, or over the last couple of years, you would argue, and, and in recent times, um, in order to uh, to sort of try and uh, and keep an opponent at bay. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. I, I wouldn't abandon the approach. I might be a little bit more conservative, a little bit more cautious in certain moments, and with certain things that we do. But in order to in order to get through these games in the best possible way, I think we we can't really deviate from the model that's worked so well. Um, too much anyway you can a bit obviously that's about being flexible and stuff and i've got no problem with that but i don't think you can just go no rip it all up and let's start again um steve stone says uh, if we do manage to lift the title this season coming off the back of fifth last year how much of an achievement would you consider it it's an interesting question this because i've seen some people compare the prospect of arsenal winning the league to Leicester City's win in 2015-16. Of course, the season prior, Leicester City narrowly uh, avoided, I beg your pardon, relegation. So I can't make that comparison. Um, and I don't think it's fair to make that comparison. I think a lot of people, um, you know, have said that this season, you know, oh, it'd be the biggest achievement since Leicester or as big an achievement as Leicester. No, not having that because we were a side competing for the Champions League. We missed out, but we weren't a side in the gallows of the table, you know, fighting for our lives in the way that Leicester City were just 12 months before they went on to, to be crowned Premier League champions. But for me, this would be a huge achievement. You know, Arsene Wenger built something really, really special when he came in and obviously won the double in his first full season. And that was an amazing achievement. Winning it in 2001, 2002, great achievement, but not at the same level of the 97, 98 one for me personally, because it, it was about putting those building blocks in place. And then once he'd done that, he had a really strong side and he could build on it. And eventually he got to the point where he took a team through an entire season without losing a game. I think for Mikel Arteta, particularly in the modern game where it's more difficult, where there are more competitive sides, where there are clubs even at the bottom of the table that can afford to spend crazy amounts of money on football players. I think it would be a bigger achievement nowadays for Mikel Arteta to go on and set the groundwork and, and lay those foundations given where Arsenal were when he picked them up. Because I think it was rotten at Arsenal before Mikel Arteta came in. I think even at the beginning of his tenure, there was a lot of problems within the football club that had to be addressed over time and took time uh, for us to be able to fix. But yeah, I mean, a bit like Don Juan in the chat, I thought City and Liverpool would be too strong for us. I hadn't seen enough last season to suggest that we could be at that level or compete with those two. Obviously, we've benefited from the fact that Liverpool haven't been uh, what they were, uh, but that doesn't mean you take anything away from Arsenal or the level at which they've progressed. Um, because they're in a, a wonderful space and, and deserve to be where they are 
on merit you know they really really do and um so i've gone around the houses but in answer to your question i think it would be a huge achievement for a manager as inexperienced as well as Mikel Arteta to go on and upset the apple cart and you know break the status quo and restore Arsenal to the top table of English football I think would be fantastic really would okay uh, let's take a couple more um uh, Paul James says how many points do you think would win us the EPL I'm thinking 93 I haven't actually worked that out in terms of specific points. Um, I will do that and I'll come back to you on the next show. Let me make a note of that, uh, work out the points total. I mean, I can kind of quickly do it now. Um, if we've got three against Leeds, three against West Ham, let's say one at Liverpool, um, three against Southampton, let's say zero at Man City, three against Chelsea at home, one away at Newcastle, uh, three, three, three against Brighton Forest and Wolves. I think that would probably be enough. Uh, so that means what? Three, six, nine, uh, 12, 15, uh, 18, 21, 22, um, 23 points on top of what we've currently got. So 23.69 plus 23. My maths is shit, as you've probably gathered. And I don't want to make an embarrassing mistake on air. So 69 plus 23 would be 92. So I think 92 um, would be enough to do it. Uh, that means 93 would definitely be enough um, by my calculations. Because I don't think City are going to win every game as well, you know. They've been fantastic this season. Um, for the most part, they have shown vulnerabilities at certain points. The scary thing about Manchester City is not necessarily what we've seen from Manchester City this season. It's Erling Haaland as an individual because he scores at an incredible rate. But also it's what we know of Manchester City in recent years. People look at that last 10 games that Manchester City have and based on previous and based on history would say they absolutely could go on and win every single one. And that's correct. Whether they will is another thing. And with the distractions that they have, you're hoping that, you know, that will be an issue for them and it won't be easy. And you're hoping that, you know, maybe the focus just goes a little bit. Maybe the, the desire for the Champions League uh, crown supersedes everything else. I don't know. But I think 92 points would be enough. Um, because although I think they're capable of winning every game in the Premier League, I don't think they will. And that's uh, that's kind of the key point there. Okay, um, guys, we're going to leave it there. Uh, thank you so, so much for joining me on this Saturday morning. Be sure to leave a like on the video. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to the channel if you are brand new as well. And if you're listening on audio, please do uh, leave us a review. It really, uh, really does help. Are Arsenal going to go on and win the Premier League title? Looking at our poll in the live chat, 87% of you think they will. 13% say no. I'm 50-50 at the moment. I hope they go on and do it. I'd be absolutely buzzing if they did. But um, it's a long way to go. And with each passing week, you know that we're going to go through it. You know uh, that we're going to be stressed. You know uh, that this is going to be a real uh, roller coaster of emotions. And it's going to be like nothing we've experienced in the last decade or so. I'm shit scared but excited at the same time, if that makes sense. Uh, let's see where we are. Um, let's take it week by week. Um, the international break, as I say, always a cause for overthinking. It's probably exactly what I've done. Maybe when I upload this on audio, I'll title it as the one 
in which I overthought. I don't know. Uh, I'll see you all soon with more Arsenal-related content. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Until next time, take care of yourselves, stay safe, and goodbye. Up the Arsenal.